0: You know, a, f- a few weeks ago, uh, Ryan, one of the elders in our church, brought a message, and in that message, he encouraged us with this statement, faithfulness requires endurance and we need to let endurance finish the work. And this morning, I'm going to be continuing uh, on messages to do with the Holy Spirit because I just won't let me go, which is probably a good thing. But uh, I think before we go anywhere else, let's just pray as we come around the word. Father, Lord, what an incredible privilege, what an incredible honor to, having, to have stood in your presence and, and lifted our hearts, our voice, our hands, our eyes in worship to you. Now, Lord God, we're going to dig into your word. And Holy Spirit, one of, one of your characteristics is that you are the spirit of revelation and truth. And so we ask, come, come and and show us the things in our lives that you want to work with us on. Show us the things that are in our lives that you have brought into being and we may not yet be walking in them. But come, Spirit of truth, come, Spirit of revelation, and just blow open the word to us this morning in our hearts and in our minds. Fill us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, it's an interesting thing that word endurance, like I was saying earlier this morning, I was speaking to someone who was encouraging someone else who was going through a, a different stage of life, and, and their statement was, You won't get used to it, but you will get through it. And you know, endurance is all about getting through. And in Romans chapter 5, verses 3 through 4, it says this We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us deliver, uh, develop endurance. Verse 4, an endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. So, you know, I I know you may have heard me say this. If you feel like you're walking through hell, keep walking. (laughs) Don't stop and freak out. Just keep walking. Or if you can't remember that, just remember what Dory told Nemo. Just keep swimming. That's right. Just keep swimming. Oh, good. I'm not the only one that likes animated movies. There we go. Cool. Ryan spoke of a a wonderful exchange that takes place, that happens between us and God, and that exchange, thank you, darling, that exchange takes place at the very moment that we put our trust in Jesus, at that very moment when we say yes to the Lord, God Himself puts His Holy Spirit in us. You know, today we've witnessed and celebrated a couple of uh, amazing young people get baptised, And like I said, I wore my Valor T-shirt on purpose this morning, apart from the fact that it's my son's clothing label, which is very cool, but this is a word that declares what they did this morning, Valor, Valor, courage. You know, to, to actually step up in today's day and age, to step up and say, actually, I believe in Jesus, when there's so much around the world that would try and convince us that Jesus is just a myth, you know... I've I've read, and I can't remember where I read it, but there's actually more historical documented evidence that Jesus lived and walked on the earth than there is that Julius Caesar was a Roman emperor. And what these two ladies did this morning was they literally followed the footsteps of Jesus. You know, it's good for us to remember that, yeah, we know that Jesus was fully God, but actually when Jesus was on earth, he was also fully man. And actually, he needed to follow the commandments of God as much as we do. In actual fact, in Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 through 15, this is what it says. Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John, his cousin. And John tried to talk him out of it. I, I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you, he said. So why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, verse 15, it should be done for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. I've often wondered about what that relationship between John and Jesus must have been like, because he's hanging out. You know, I just like, I've got to wonder, I kind of, you know, when with my older brother and I, we used to get up to all sorts of shenanigans, as brothers do. And I wonder if, if they went down the river one day and, and Jesus said to John, hey, check this out, and walks across the river. <laughs> yeah. That's right, that's where my brain goes. You know what? <laughs> we all know that life happens, Hey, eh? Come on, let's be real. Life happens. And it's in that, like it said in that, I read in that very first scripture where it says that we run into problems and trials. Guess what? Jesus did that too. He ran into problems and trials. In actual fact, in Luke chapter 4, verse 1, it says this, Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River, and he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And it was in that wilderness experience where Jesus was literally confronted by the devil himself. I just, when I sat there, I was, when I was writing this message, I sat there, and like I've told you numerous times, I can't try to put myself in the story and I was like, I sat at my desk and I was like, mate, if I think I've got it tough, imagine standing there and being confronted by Satan in person. That would be a rugged day. That would be a rugged day. But you know what? I, I encourage you to actually jump into the Bible and Luke and read the whole story because guess what? Jesus wins. Yeah, yeah I like that. We get, the, we get to see the end of the book. Jesus wins. And he doesn't just win. He actually refuses every advance and every offer and every, he refutes every accusation of the devil. And you know what? I wonder how he did that because we've got to remember he was fully man as well as fully God. And I reckon the secret is in that scripture in Jesus full of the Holy Spirit. I reckon that's the secret right there, right there. You know, in a letter that the apostle Paul wrote to the Galatian church, he wrote this in chapter five, verse twenty-five: "Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep step, keep in step with the Spirit." I, I've said to a number of people over the years when I've met them, and we've we've talked through situations in their lives, and uh, they go, "Oh, you yeah, know, I'm just just not feeling God right now. I'm just not feeling God." My response to them is, well, guess who moved? It wasn't him. I'm going to get to that shortly. But we need to keep in step with the Spirit. You know, like I said this morning, this message is called The Power Behind Endurance, the Holy Spirit. When we read uh, that verse, Luke 4, 1, then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. There are four key directives In that one verse. Earlier this week, I I knew I was going to preach on something about the Holy Spirit, but I woke up on Thursday morning and I was like, okay, God, a couple of days in the week left. Blank. (laughs) Blank. And um, anyway, in my quiet time, and honestly, guys, this is why I just cannot encourage you enough to get into the Word of God every single day of your life. Because, like, like, my brain was just blank. I mean, I, 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 had, a, I had an inkling that I was going to be preaching on the Holy Spirit. I, I knew that. But I was like, what am I going to unpack? And one verse, this one verse, this one verse. Here are the four directives. Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. He was led in the world by the Spirit in the wilderness. Let's unpack these then. What precedes the then? Then is in there because it tells you that something happened before. This verse speaks directly of Jesus' journey and you know what? By default, it can speak and it does speak of our lives. So you go, then who? I go, then me. And then I go, then you. In Psalm 37 verse 23, it teaches us this, that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his ways and though he fall he shall not be cast down, for the Lord upholds him with the strong right hand. When we read this verse, the steps, guess what? The steps of who, Jesus? No, it says the steps of a good man. Those steps, they're yours and mine to walk. God is supernatural, he is sovereign, and he can do a bunch of things, but I'll tell you this right now, folks. It is extremely unlikely, extremely in full capitals bold underlined with italics and highlighted yellow, extremely unlikely that God will do what is your responsibility to do. He'll guide you, he'll encourage you. Like a good father, he may chastise you. He has done that with me a few times. I needed it, but anyway... Those steps, they're yours and mine to walk. I can ask God for directions and I can ask God for guidance and I can ask God for wisdom and He will give us all of that. But then I can't expect Him to walk my journey. You know, the thens, the thens in our lives will always follow the decisions that we've made. It will, they'll always follow the seeds that we've planted. We need to understand something this morning, people. The life we have today is the fruit of the seeds that you planted in the decisions you made yesterday. It's true. And I, you know we, we don't need to get all super spiritual about this this morning. I'm not as fit as I should be. Why? Because I decided not to do anything about it. <laughs> it's not Suzanne's fault. It's not her fault. I can ask her for all sorts of wisdom and guidance, And she can cook me amazing healthy meals, which I enjoy very, very much. But then I can go down the road and buy three pies. I don't, by the way, honey. It's all good. I don't. I don't. (laughs) You would know. She actually would know. (laughs) But, you know, where you are at right now, the place that you're in right now is because of seeds you've planted and decisions you made yesterday or the day before. So I want to ask you this morning, what precedes your then? So let's come back to to that verse again. Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit. I want to ask you this question, what's been filling you? Now that was a message that was preached not that long ago. What are you filling your life with? Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. And because of that, he walked in perfect, like the scripture said, he walked in step with the Holy Spirit. Perfect unison. He both heard and he listened and he obeyed that direction. You know, the leading of the Holy Spirit comes with us being filled with him. Here's another statement. Whatever fills your life will ultimately lead you. What are you what are you filling your life with today? <laughs> I got. Oh, sorry, my brain's just gone spaghetti. <laughs> I've got Mick Jagger. I can't get no satisfaction. Why? What was he? What was he filling his life with? <laughs> Nothing that brought him satisfaction. <laughs> <sighs> Holy Spirit, help me comb the spaghetti. Uh. So to check this, what is ultimately, if, if you don't, if you can't say this is what's filling my life, then I want to ask you this question, what is ultimately leading your life? You might go, well, my decisions are leading my life. Well, actually, what is your life so full of that you are making those decisions? I love how God is just so practical. You know, one of, the most, one, of the, one of the games that I used to love playing as a kid was follow the leader. And um, I grew up on a, a, a small lifestyle block. It was 11 and a half acres, but we called it the farm. And uh, we had a, a friend, you know, he, was one of, he was one of those classic Kiwi uncles, no relative whatsoever, but he was Uncle Donald. And Uncle Don... He had three, three farms. He had his homestead. He had the dairy farm and then the hill runoff. But on the homestead, he had this massive stand of native forest. And uh, my brothers and my sister, so I've got two brothers and a sister, we used to play follow the leader in that forest, but not on the ground. We used to climb the tree and see how far we could get through the forest without touching the ground, playing follow the leader. Sometimes it didn't end so well. (laughs) I always dreamt of being Tarzan. It failed every time. (laughs) But you know what? In life, folks, we're always playing follow the leader. We actually never grow out of that. We literally never grow out of playing follow the leader. We're always being led in some sort of way, good or bad, in the hope of being led to a place of being fulfilled with satisfaction, with joy, with purpose, with peace, with like, just like... Yes. So here's the question: Who's doing the leading? Who's doing the leading, or what is doing the leading in your life? When it comes to being full, because you know the scriptures speak of Jesus being full of the Holy Spirit. You know, you may have seen you may have seen this an uh, actual fact. Julian, you did it with the big glass speaker. You know, you may, it may have seen you fill it with sand. And then you can't put any rocks in it. And so you empty the sand out and you put the big things in first. And then you, you think it's full because you can't get any more big things in it. And then you put a whole lot of smaller things in which then go all around the big things. And you go, then it's full. But then you can put sand in it and that goes through all of the smaller things. And you, you, then you think it's full. But actually it's still not full. And then you fill it with water until it overflows and then it's full. Here's the biblical description of being that full in Ephesians chapter 3. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength. That's endurance. I, I put that little emphasis in there. That inner strength, that's endurance. Through who? Through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And, you may, uh, and, you, and may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. There's the dimensions. Width, height, depth, length. Verse 19. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all what the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work in us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. In another translation, I think it might be the Amplified, it adds on the end, or even dare to imagine. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. That dimension, that measure of being filled with God is for every single generation. There is no age limit on being filled with God. I'm, I'm looking forward to the day when Julian our current acting principal of the school gets on the phone and goes, Tom, you need to be over here now. There's chaos in room 13. And, of course, I'll immediately go, oh, no, oh, no. And I'll rush over there, and I'll get over there, and there's kids laying hands on the sick, and they're being healed, and there's someone prophesying, and the teacher's standing there going, I'm not getting in the way of the Holy Spirit. That'd be a, that'd be a day, wouldn't it, Julian? That'd be a day. How amazing through all generations, kids prophesying. Kids prophesying over their teachers and calling out the things of God in their teachers' lives. That'll be a day. Here's, Here's the measure, empowered with inner strength, made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God, His mighty power at work within us for what? For infinitely more than we might ask or think. Anyone want to agree that that's a pretty good dimension of being full? So again, I want to ask you, what has been filling your life? What are you filling your life with? Is it the things of the world where you won't get any satisfaction? Or is it the things of God where you'll have the full and the complete empowerment of the Holy Spirit? Come back to that verse and it says, Andrew, he returned from... So the question here is, where am I returning from? Now, this is a really, really important. I just, I really feel that the the Holy Spirit is on this specific thing this morning. So lean in, please lean in. Jesus was returning from the Jordan River. Yeah, we know that. It says this, when Jesus returned from the Jordan River, he was where he was baptized, but it was so much more than that. He was returning from the place where he completely gave his life to God, the place where he encountered and was filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's where he was returning from. Yeah. That's where he was. That was, a, that was a stake in the ground moment. On the day I was baptized, I, I just, I love, love, love taking baptism. Thank you, Caitlin. Thank you, Danielle, for the privilege and the honor of being able to baptize you this morning. As a young 16 year old lad, 16th of July 1982, all my mates in youth group and some adults in my little church out in Turco at the back of Pukekohe, we're having, getting baptized. And, and I was asked, Do you want to be baptized? I go, like, Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah, yeah my mates are doing it. It's got to be good, right? Anyway, I, I jump up and, and I jump in the pool, and my pastor looks at me. And, you know, I, I don't know if I've ever grown into this, but I had a pastor when he looked at me. Yeah, you know, his look was like, and I was like, I would look down to see if there was two seared, smoking holes in me. He was like, he gave me, he gave me a mum look, and I was like, and he goes, "Well, Tom, are you in?" And I just looked at him, and I had a moment right there, and I thought, you know what, I'm up here because my mates came up. But actually, this is a moment where no one else is responsible for what I'm about to say except for me. And I looked at him and I went, you know what, Pastor? I said, I absolutely am. I absolutely am. And he goes, is Jesus your Lord? Yes, he is. Do you believe God raised him from the dead? Yes, I do. And this is why I use it. He goes, so on your confession, I baptize you. And I'll tell you what, Holy Spirit, man, he likes a good laugh. Because while I'm under the water... He did this manu from heaven right on me. Boom. Well, it felt like that anyway. It's just like. I had an Acts chapter two experience. Power of God. I was under the water and the power of God hit me like something I've never, ever experienced in my life. They had to help me out of the tub. And I pinballed my way down the aisle. Like I was, you know, people who didn't know what was going on would have thought I was drunk, just like in Acts chapter two. And I fell on my knees in the back room, sun was beaming through the window and for 20 minutes, all I could say was, I'm yours, I'm yours, I'm yours, I'm yours. It was the most profound feeling. And when I'm going through struggles, I think, where am I returning from? That is a stake in the ground moment for my life. Where are you returning from? Let me read you a story out of the Old Testament, 2 Kings chapter six. This is when Elisha, he picked up the roll after Elijah the prophet, verse five. But as one of them, so they he came out and they're they saying, oh, look, the, the office block's not big enough. We need to expand the building. They said, let us build it. And they go down to the river. And as one of them was cutting a tree, his axe head fell into the river. Oh, sir, he cried out. It was a borrowed axe. Elisha, where did it fall? The man of God asked. When he showed him the place, Elijah cut a stick and he threw it into the water of that spot. The axe head floated to the surface. This is what Elisha said. Grab it, Elisha said, and the man reached out and grabbed it. I just, When I was putting these notes together, people, this morning, I felt so compelled to ask this question. If you're feeling a little bit distant from God this morning, when it comes to faith, the things of God in your life, I want to ask you this question. Where did it fall? Where did it fall? Where did that cutting edge that was in your life where did it fall I want you to think about that and I want you to return to that place and if I could use the words of Elisha and grab it grab it again grab that moment when God grabbed you grab it again Let it take hold of your life. Let it come and fill your life again so that you can walk through the things that are in front of you, so you can walk into a wilderness and it doesn't matter what the devil throws at you, you can stand and you can, as the scriptures say, you can hold up your shield of faith and you can bounce off the fiery arrows and grab it again. Revelations chapter two, verses four and five. This verse was one of the verse God chastised me about. I was standing in the Elam UK conference 11 years ago, worshiping, just loving Jesus. And, the, you know, 600 pastors from all, actually more than that, but from all over the UK had come for the their annual pastors conference. And Suzanne and I were there and I was just loving on Jesus, loving on Jesus. And um, I was going through a, a, a bit of a, a stretching and a bit of a tired zone and i, I I had literally removed myself from the roster of playing the piano. I wasn't leading worship or anything like that. I'm standing there going, God, I just love you so much. I love you so much. And this is what I hear. I love that you love me, but this I have against you. And I was like, what? Romans chapter, Revelations 2, verses 4-5. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works. And I'm standing there and I was like, God, what are you talking about? I've not walked away from you. I've not left the church. I'm good. I'm good. i am just standing there. And he goes, this I have against you. And I was like, what? Please tell me. No one knew what was going on. I'm still standing there with my arms up like this, looking like I'm worshiping on the inside. I'm like that duck's feet under the water. I was like, what? And he said, this is what he said, you've left your first love, son. I said, what? And I stood there for a moment, and I realized that there was a part of my life where I was just going through the motions. that's what he said, where do you and I hang out? Where do just you and me hang out? And I was like, oh, that's easy, God. That's when I'm on the piano. That's when it's like just you and me, we're hanging out at the keyboard and we're writing melodies together. We're just loving on each other. And he's just like, you know what he said? Repent, return, and grab it. What a life lesson for me. Where did that first love go? Why did I leave it? Where did it fall and why did it fall off? Where do you need to return to? So if we come back to that verse again, it says he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Remember this, whatever fills your life will ultimately lead you. And as we're filled with the Holy Spirit, then, we can, then endurance will come. Zechariah chapter four, verse six, one of the Old Testament prophets, very famous verse, it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. What is leading you and where are you being led to? One of the, you know, one of the most incredible characteristics of the Holy Spirit is his infallible loyalty. He's so loyal. Even when we're at the depths of our feelings, when we're at depths of darkness, we are never, ever left on our own. The scripture, I didn't put it in my notes, but the scripture said, doesn't, you know, doesn't matter how far I run, it doesn't matter how deep I go, it doesn't matter how high I climb, I cannot escape your love. That's his loyalty. If you don't feel close to God today, Who moved? And John, you know, you, you know what, this morning you may literally, and you know, life happens this morning, you may literally be feeling like you are on your own. No one understands, no one gets it, no one's been here before. Chances are they have, but right in that moment where you are right now, you literally feel like you are utterly and completely on your own. Well, this is what the Word of God for you this morning is. John 14 verse 18 says this, I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. You may be up against about as much as you think you can cope with. But God will not leave you as an orphan. Maybe you've heard the narrative that God will stop loving you if your behavior isn't good enough. Maybe you've heard the narrative that you just don't perform enough to make it. You know what? There's only one thing we need to do and that's put our complete trust in Jesus Christ. Deuteronomy 31 verse 8 says this, Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will never fail you nor abandon you. Let me give you a little bit of background. This is Moses speaking to Joshua. Moses has been told by God, Sorry, you're not not going into the promised land because you disobeyed me. Joshua will lead my people in. And so Moses has just informed Joshua that, Oh, guess what, Josh? Dude, you're the man. You're going to lead everybody into Israel, all million plus of them. Oh, by the way, under your leadership, you are going to fulfill a 430-year-old promise from God. No pressure. I think me, I would be looking for a, a, a bush or a sand dune, something to hide behind and have a, just have a little minor wig out at that point. But the promises: don't be afraid or discouraged for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will never fail you nor abandon you. I found that there's actually 64 references in the Bible. At least 64 that says that God will always be with us. He'll never leave us. Worship team, would you come, please? We've never needed to, we've never needed to know this so much than we do in this current generation. Did you know that research done in the last three years has literally diagnosed that loneliness and anxiety are the latest epidemic, perhaps even pandemic, across the face of the planet? And it actually gets worse than just loneliness and anxiety. According to research coming out of America, loneliness is actually the number one fear of young people. They are more afraid of being lonely than they are of losing their home and never getting a job. And if you think that's crazy, the Forbes Research Division did a massive research across America, and this is what it came up with. 42% of millennial women, young women, are more afraid of being lonely than they are of being given a cancer diagnosis. Scientists now realize that loneliness not only leads to depression and anxiety and other painful psychiatric disorders, but loneliness is so powerful that it actually wreaks havoc on our physical body. Loneliness leads to serious physical ailments. Now, your current reality right now might be that you are feeling lonely that's the reality, but the truth is, you are not alone. Why do I know that? The Word of God says that. Right now, you may feel like you're walking through something literally on your own. You are just unsure of what is ahead of you, but you are not on your own. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his ways. And though he fall, though he fall, He shall not be cast down for the Lord upholds him with his strong right hand. Do not be afraid. I will never leave you. I'll never abandon you. I'll never forsake you. Read through Psalms and Proverbs and it says that he is closer to us than our next heartbeat, closer to us than our next breath. Now that who's closer? to, it can't be Jesus. Jesus isn't here anymore. Jesus ascended to heaven. Who is is the scripture talking about for us today? It is the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit. Would you stand with me this morning?